Hello and welcome back to the Nutanix Community Podcast. I'm Angelo Luciani and this is episode 50. Here we go. Hello everyone. This week Dwayne chats with Andrew Nelson about Nutanix Calm. And for those that may not know, Calm orchestrates the provisioning, scaling, and management of applications across multiple environments, making the entire IT infrastructure more agile and application-centric. Special note, this is our first in-studio recording. Dwayne and Andrew happen to be at Nutanix HQ, so we thought it would be cool if they connected and recorded a podcast. Let's join Dwayne and Andrew in conversation. Today we have a first for myself. We're actually introducing someone that's sitting beside me instead of uh, the other end of a copper wire. Today we have Andrew Nelson, who I first met following the the rummages of the big data community, now working at Nutanix. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So, Andrew, tell me, um, what have you been up to lately before we get into uh, the topic of today, Calm? Well... I've been traveling a lot, still fortunately, unfortunately, talking about a lot of big data, uh, Hadoop and Splunk projects, but also I've been spending a lot more of my time working with the Nutanix automation app engine, uh, in other words, Calm, and talking to a lot of our customers about what they have that they can deploy their apps on Nutanix today. That kind of is a good intro into what is Calm. So anything else, like if you never heard of Calm that a, a user would need to know? Because I, you, you're talking about automation and then, you know, other things come to my mind like Puppet and Ansible. You know, what's the, the difference between the two? Can I use the both? Or Sure. So a lot of customers simply need to figure out a way that is easy to deploy apps on their infrastructure. For a cloud provider, this is templatized somehow. For AWS, it's instances of a service. For Azure, they have their own marketplace. And now finally for Nutanix, we have a marketplace and blueprinting mechanisms that enable customers to be able to deploy templates of third-party services and applications on their infrastructure or potentially develop their own uh, custom software or custom builds that they could deploy on-prem. Now, in comparison to a lot of other tool sets uh, like the CAPS, Chef, Ansible, Puppet, and Salt, Calm is more like a meta tool or suite that lets them deploy using a very simple language of SSH, much like Ansible, for deploying that application. But they can also leverage what they already have in their own configuration management tool of choice. So they could potentially leverage Chef or Puppet or Ansible playbooks to within a Calm Blueprint to get to the root of the matter, which is just deploying an app in a simple, repeatable, and automated fashion. Is there auditing too for what you're deploying out? Can it be tracked? Within the 
Comb framework or Prism Central in Nutanix speak, the self-service portal used to be just a place where you can deploy uh, single VMs or VMs from an image. And what Calm adds around from an auditing perspective is the ability to keep track of not only your blueprints, the ways that you want to deploy and customize an app, uh, but also a listing of the deployments that are either on-prem on Nutanix or off-prem on a public cloud such as AWS. And so by our SSP framework, we can look at individual users or groups of users and the resources that they're using. And by that, be able to look back and see which applications are deployed, which ones are deployed on our on-prem infrastructure as well as off-prem and easily get a handle on where those apps are going and what resources they're consuming. So there was a couple terms we mentioned, marketplace and blueprint. So what is the blueprint then the starting point? Sure, the blueprint is could be as just as simple as a single VM that is deployed and the customizations applied to that. Building on that, we can have multi-VM blueprints, of course, that have dependencies on each other. So we can model a three-tier application or as many tiers as we want with dependencies, sequences of automation that we want to build in parallel or in sequence uh, between those different VMs. And really, at the end, we want to have a fully deployed and customized application and so everything in the blueprint is what is necessary to make that end-to-end -end automation possible. Would, so if you have a blueprint that is just a, like a deploy, a deploy uh, blueprint, would that be, and then you want to add on to it later, like you want to have an upgrade blueprint, would that all be in the same one or would you have different blueprints? Or is it a typical depends answer? Well, the blueprint itself is provider agnostic, so it doesn't specifically map to only Nutanix infrastructure or only public cloud AWS infrastructure, and it looks at either one of those as just substrate that it's going to use to build out that application. Now, the VMs are going to have individual workflows associated with them, and typically they'll have create, start, stop, and delete. But what you can add in are custom workflows, which are a set of ordered tasks and actions, which is just the calm uh, verbiage for how we build out additional workflows that aren't part of the standard. Uh, but for example, you said an upgrade. So once I've deployed the application, that's gonna be typically in a create workflow or specific options for whenever I start the VMs for them to communicate and be able to have all their application services start correctly. Now in an upgrade workflow or task is how I could build in the automation so that once a deployment is live, I can later go in and have a repeatable set of actions where I'll run that upgrade task and it'll upgrade everything that it needs to in order across that application. So that at the end of that workflow, I have upgraded to a specific version or whatever the latest application revision is. Can that can that upgrade task, so do you, does it have to be on VMs that comms deployed or can it be on existing VMs that I already have running in my infrastructure? 
Right now today, we have that in place for VMs that are deployed and managed via COM. Uh, what we'll be introducing is the notion of an existing resource. With an existing resource, as long as we have credentials to it uh, so that we can discover and log in, then it could be incorporated as part of that blueprint instead of something that Calm has already run through its create task to instantiate. And we mentioned there's a marketplace where I assume vendors can post their own blueprints or is it is it user driven or is it a bit of both it's actually fairly flexible and a bit of both what we have today in the marketplace is a set of curated blueprints not necessarily meant uh, for full production use because they're intended as a starting point or reference point for customers say for example they want to deploy mongodb in their infrastructure then they could leverage our MongoDB blueprint, which shows the dependencies for standing up multiple replicas, either primary or secondary. It gives an example of how the sharding model might work. With that reference in mind, they could deploy that and launch it within their infrastructure or simply clone that and take that as a starting point so they could customize a MongoDB deployment for their environment. Now that's something they could build from scratch and that's certainly a possibility because we have an approval model wherein any local Calm user could deploy an application of their choice and then submit that or publish it for approval. From that point, a Calm admin can add that to the local marketplace so that instead of just having our curated model and this is on a app case-by-case -case basis that Calm Admin can provide the capability for any user or consumer of Calm just to use the local blueprints which have already been customized for that particular customer. In, in some fashion, so you have, you have blueprints, um, you can, vendors can submit them. You can, if you create a blueprint that, that you like or that you want to share, is there any way to do that outside of the marketplace? Absolutely. At the most granular level, these are just text files. It's actually very easy compared to some other frameworks in the market to get a copy of this uh, because you would just click on within the application blueprint, uh, click on download, and it'll just download a JSON file. Now this could be imported to uh, different Calm installation. It's since it's just a text file, it could be considered part of your infrastructure as code and incorporated with any sort of config management or revision management tools such as Git, so that you could commit it to a repo. And that way, you'll have different revisions available of every step of customization along the way. And this could be published through a public venue like GitHub as well to distribute to other customers. And Nutanix has plans to have our curated list of apps downloadable as just JSON files through GitHub as well. So one of the things that I'd seen inside of a blueprint that kind of made me think a little was the fact that there were COM variables that you could use inside the blueprints. So if I deployed three or four VMs, I could access or set runtime variables. Um, 
I wasn't sure though. So can once you have all of these VMs deployed and you have access to maybe their IPs and host names and networking, can how do you how do you, you go then go use that information once it's deployed? Do you create another task and then somehow you know do some pre or post tasks? It's a fairly sophisticated model once you dig into it, uh, but when you get started, the variables give you access to anything that you want to save as part of a deployment and use that to drive different decision made along the way with how you customize and automate different parts of an application. For example, we'll have built-in variables, which might just be a VM name, its IP address, and its UUID. From there, uh, we can actually deal with global variables, which are centralized or you know, available for any VM within the blueprint, or we could have specific variables which are available per each service or each VM or set of VMs. That way we can actually save off not just static information that's global for the blueprint, but specific to a VM and duplicate it across a set of VMs, so say a set of workers for a database or a big data framework, or just for a load balancer to take advantage of. Now within that, you can set it as uh, again, static or as a runtime variable. So even while you have the initial creation task, uh, which is automated, if you go back to your earlier example of an upgrade, you may want to leverage certain variables to set uh, what the current revision is and to make decisions off of that in your upgrade task. So even as you run additional tasks on a deployment, we can update that runtime variable, again, which may be global or specific to a given VM, and still make intelligent decisions based on that within our automation framework. See, you can grab that information. I think the one thing that is kind of left in my mind would be, how do I access those VMs or log into them? Is there, what's the mechanism for inputting passwords? Like that's always been the problem with a lot of scripting. You can have this great script, but then even the one script I was doing for cloning a file server for AFS, I still had my password in <laughs> nice clear text. So how, you know, what, what do we have in com for that? Yeah, so we have our own secret store and for any given blueprint, um, whether we make it a runtime or static, uh, we can mark that as a secret variable, in which case uh, it's not echoed uh, back out to the screen. And once we input that variable, that's stored in our secret store as part of the blueprint. Now, if we, this could be something that's generated as such as an admin password internal for database communication, but otherwise we don't want to ever expose that in clear text out to the user. In addition, if we want to export that blueprint, again, just as a JSON file, anything marked as a secret will not be exported. So for a given application, if you have uh, input dependency variables, say for your given image, you want to have your own SSH key or you want to have your own root password. And that's something that we can either input as a given once you create or clone that blueprint from a JSON file. And at that point, you can either set it uh, statically, still you know, kept as a secret within the blueprint, 
or have that as something that's input whenever you create a deployment. So whenever I actually go to run a blueprint, if it's a secret uh, for a credential, then I would want to have the user input that whenever they create the deployment. And they have a lot of flexibility there, whether they want to store that in the blueprint or just have it declared at runtime. So we, I think we just ran through quite a bit, and that's, that seems pretty flexible. But I guess with all the flexibility may come, I don't know if confusion is the right word, but there's lots of options. Um, how are you seeing customers get started? Like what, what's typically the stepping stone? Like I'm going to deploy one thing and then maybe customize a bit and then start there? Or what's the use case that you see most? Yeah, the really cool thing with Calm, as with a lot of automation suites, is building on end-to-end -end automation and iterating on each try that they make. Uh, because it's usually never works the first time or the tenth or maybe even the hundredth. It's the capability to, you know, have something that they want to accomplish. You know, maybe this is just customizing their application. They want to, you know, compile and build out an environment from their own custom in-house application or connect it to a database. And maybe they want to run tests at the end of the day against that because they want to figure out, is their version actually going to work? So what Calm gives them is a really easy way to start and stand up applications and see where things fail. And back in the day, when I was at VMware, I worked with a product a lot called Big Data Extensions. And really, that was for automating the build out of big data clusters. However, if you dig down just below the covers, the only language I could drive with that was modifying Chef recipes. And some people love Chef, and that's great, but other people work with a different tool set. And in that case, they have to modify, again, work within that particular framework to build on that automation. Now, with Calm, I have the flexibility that if I have some of the customization already within Chef, then I call a recipe or I orchestrate with cookbooks that I have. The same thing, the same opportunity applies if I'm working with Puppet or Ansible. I can leverage those to start doing the customizations that I'm already familiar with and just use Calm as a quick way to stand up and tear down environments every time I add an additional step to see if that's going to work and continue building out the, the automation story I have. Again, Calm is a really great uh, meta tool for bringing those things together. Even uh, some of our customers are using vRealize Orchestrator where they build out the workflows, they're comfortable working with JavaScript and the variable and dependency model in their VMware environments, but we can use that within a Calm Blueprint as well so that they don't have to repeat their workflow but they have an easy way to build out VMs and to reclaim those resources after they see that something didn't work and iterate on that process and experiment as they go. Are you able to set delays or like reclaiming? You mentioned reclaiming, so like I can maybe I only want something to run for a couple hours. Can you set that on deployment or is that just another subtask? Sure. Today it's just another subtask. Uh, so there's not an automated uh, process for reclamation, uh, other than just the delete or soft delete workflows which are built into every blueprint. So on a delete, we will tear down any of the applications, uh, return those resources. 
again, pretty critical for a public cloud so that you know as soon as we deploy it, we're going to get billed for that. A delete is going to make sure that we uh, destroy the VMs, uh, delete those instances, and basically clean up after ourselves, especially if we just want to build out our workflow where we're just adding on a step. We'll want to clean up that environment and redo that after. Um, this is enabled through our app API uh, that'll be part of the Prism Central V3 APIs. So there's the potential for automating that. Uh, Padete, it's a user-based decision. Do you see both the like VMs and containers being used? I know today I think it's only VMs, but if you wanted to scale out, if you had an app there that worked, or you saw, you know, we are using Prism Pro, so you're gonna, you know, you're gonna know what all the other clusters are doing. You potentially could have a project where you could figure out, well, Prism Pro says this thing's not gonna be used for the next two days because it's got a trending mechanism. Why don't I deploy some VMs over there or VMs that will run containers? I can just script it out. Is that something that's happening or still early on? Yeah, right now. Because uh, I haven't well, tried, but it seems possible. Yeah, it's definitely possible. What we have within Calm today is the ability to uh, call out those deployments and you can pick a given cluster, whether it's on or off-prem, to do your deployment and start to make some intelligent decisions about resources and costing about, you know, where's the, the best place for this application to land. And for any given customer, they're going to have to make that decision on a regular basis because there's lots of different ways to break down those workloads. There may just be a transient workload for test dev, or it might be something more permanent, uh, such as a database or some sort of microservice that other things uh, may be decoupled from, but they don't necessarily need to coordinate between those different services. They'll have different deployments and a different release schedule. And all of that can be orchestrated through Calm and different blueprints, as well as having that flexibility to whether they're gonna deploy on-prem and which cluster on-prem or to an off-prem uh, instance. How do you see the mix within, do you think it mostly be a dev tool or will it be an operations tool or a bit of both depending on how you want to use it? Yeah, this is really going to depend on what they want to use it for. Existing customers that are today focused on building out VMs, they have their own build and deploy pipeline, which they've set up through scripts and this gives them a visual tool and a central place to put those things together where they can make that easily consumable for VR self-service portal to different consumers of that infrastructure. They don't need to know the particulars of that infrastructure other than they may know whether it's going onto a local internal only network, a segmented network, or just onto a public network and really be able to give them the flexibility whether they have a few questions on how to customize that app at runtime, or they could potentially customize every piece on you know, what kind of resources it consume, which networks it's going to talk to, and ultimately whether it's gonna be on a public or private cloud, or a mixture of both. Well, I think we've covered a fair bit. Is there inside of Calm 
anything interesting that you wanted to add? Maybe blueprints that you've developed or stuff you're working on? Yeah, I think one of the really interesting things for me that I've focused on a lot is around container deployments. And for Nutanix in general, we have a dual strategy for supporting that on our infrastructure. Kubernetes itself is fairly high on the hype cycle at the moment for a lot of customers that want to get their feet wet and want to play around with deployment and see what it's all about. Now, of course, they could do that uh, just in a pure custom deployment. But again, it's something that you want to be able to iterate on and there's new pieces being added, new operator patterns being contributed to Kubernetes, and they're on a fairly aggressive release cycle. So there's lots of different ways to deploy, them, to, to deploy that. What I'm excited is that I don't need to have a custom set of deployment scripts every time. I can update a few things and I can cast that out. And ultimately I'm gonna spend more time figuring out, okay, well, maybe I wanna play around with a different platform as a service or a different CI CD pipeline on top of Kubernetes. I just wanna spend less time standing it up. And I wanna spend less time actually cultivating my own blueprint. I can use what's available on our marketplace as a starting or jumping off point to get to the stuff that I really care about and ultimately what customers really care about because you know once you get uh, used to deploying Kubernetes you're like okay well now what do I do with it there's a lot of potential there around giving them access to again a PaaS or you know a functional or functions as a service framework that runs on top of Kubernetes and again having that automation app engine underneath that's driving all that configuration and having those common blueprints that I can leverage to skip a lot of the undifferentiated heavy lifting, if you will, is really great for me to, to get to work what I really care about. Because that's a good point, too. On the Kubernetes side, there's a lot of things you can add in or remove or set quotas. Even from an operator point of view, you might want to attest a couple of times with your deployments before it goes into production. Um, so, yeah, that seems pretty great to me. I think still the Kubernetes thing, too, is that I guess, you know, some customers don't really ever upgrade. They just, you know, set up another environment somewhere else and then move stuff over. So I guess you can have a bit of both. Yeah, the potential there, again, if you're just running transient container workloads on Kubernetes, is that you could just stand up a new cluster instead of going through an upgrade of your pods and... Uh, your local you know, Kubernetes controllers, all of those individual pieces, you may just want to have a staging cluster to play around with you know, the, the next version. Maybe you want to work with a different uh, network overlay other than flannel, or you just want to play around with different pieces. So Calm itself gives you a really easy way for each person or each group to stand up their own cluster. Uh, they'll, they'll be segregated and they'll each be able to play around with different pieces that they want to and ultimately build on that. I even, you know, still after a couple of years of working with Kubernetes, I still spend a lot of time troubleshooting new issues. And it's really great that instead of having to edit my own scripts every time that I want to work with something new, again, that I can just call a delete on that deployment and it'll clean up everything and recycle it uh, get it ready for another deployment really easy. Well, great stuff. I, I don't think I have anything more to add. Any last 
bits of wisdom to share before we shut her down? I'm really excited about Calm's potential in the marketplace. Again, uh, I look at what the public cloud providers are doing, again, around uh, their marketplaces and the way that they enable customers to really make it easy to deploy applications. And I've spent a lot of time working with different DevOps teams and a lot of different tool sets. Calm, again, is is a great uh, meta tool that lets me pick up what I need to and makes it really easy to put those together. Just make it really easy to deploy apps on my uh, Nutanix clusters in a self-service fashion. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much, Andrew. Um, Where can we find you online? So uh, you can still find me on Twitter at uh, VMW Nelson or on GitHub, uh, NelsonAD77. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time, and uh, it was a great podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Dwayne. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to check out the Nutanix online community at next.nutanix.com and continue the conversation there. Connect with your peers at a Nutanix user group and follow the Nutanix community on Twitter at Nutanix Nation. I hope to see you at our .next conference happening in New Orleans, May 8 to 10. And if you're a blogger, ping me for blogger passes. From the team here at Nutanix, as always, have a fantastic week.